It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. To my successor, whoever he or she may be. Number one, stay close to the Americans, stick up for the Ukrainians, stick up for freedom and democracy everywhere. Politics in general has taken total legal defenses. Changing one man at the top of the Tory party won't make any difference. It won't fix the problems. Let's have a fresh start for Britain. Let's have a real change of government. Hello, you're listening to Bloomberg UK Politics, your daily guide to the corridors of power. I'm Caroline Hepke. I'm Ewan Potts. Coming up on today's programme, Ofgem announces a big rise in energy bills from October. The CEO of the energy supply, Utilita, tells us that 100% of his customers are already fuel poor. And the Federation of Small Businesses points to the problems for companies who aren't covered by the limit on household bills. And with workers on strike for higher pay across many industries, we speak to Sam Tarry, the Labour MP fired by the party leadership after his media blitz from the picket line. Well, industry regulator Ofgem has raised the cap on domestic energy bills by 80% this morning from October to a record average of more than £3,500 a year. That is almost three times higher than last winter's level. Charities and suppliers have described the situation as Armageddon, uh, adding that the scale of the issue is truly catastrophic. Well, Jonathan Briley of Ofgem explains the reasons that prices have shot up. When I look at the prices for winter now for buying the gas, they are 15 times what they normally are. Now, if that were to happen in petrol, that would mean it would cost us 400 to 500 pounds to fill our car. So ultimately, the cost of energy is changing dramatically. Okay, so it's about the underlying wholesale price, says Ofgem. Well, the government's under pressure, though, to deliver a COVID-style rescue package for households to prevent an economic crash. The Chancellor, Nadim Zahawi, says that he is preparing options for the next Prime Minister. We know we need to do more because, actually, the most vulnerable households have no cushion, have nothing uh, available to them. So what I'm looking at is how I can target that help for those people, not just to January, but we need to make sure that we're resilient through next year. So I'm looking at all the options of how much more I need to deliver for those households, for those SMEs. So we're looking at all those options. They'll be ready by the 5th September for the incoming Prime Minister to make uh, those choices. 
So that was uh, the Chancellor Nadim Zahawi speaking there. Now, the Shadow Chancellor, Rachel Reeves, explains what Labour would do. A package of measures worth £29 billion, and that includes the price freeze that would mean that no one would pay a penny more for their gas and electricity this autumn and winter. We would pay for this through a package of revenue raisers. Well, that's Shadow Chancellor Rachel Reeves. Caroline, it's... uh it's a really pretty shocking number, isn't it? We knew that it was going to be around about 80%. So this has been uh, previewed uh, for a couple of weeks. But I think it's really going to hit home, isn't it, to consumers what this actually means this winter. And of course, if you compare it to last winter, it's, it's almost uh, triple. So costs are really going to be quite something for, for mm. huge numbers uh, of households. Interesting yeah. survey from um, YouGov that I, uh, sorry, YouSwitch that I saw, uh, which said that 90% of consumers were underestimating how bad it's going to be this winter in terms of uh, fuel bills. And in fact, uh, a number of households are thinking that fuel bills will be lower this winter uh, than they were last year. Yeah, this affects 24 million households in the UK. Um, in terms of uh, that 80% rise, our own energy reporter here at Bloomberg was saying, no, 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 80% compared to April, but it doesn't factor in the issue that most people use their energy come winter, not come summer. We're not a, a country that has um, air conditioning of any description, really. Uh, also, Ofgem's household price cap could hit get this, more than £7,000, £7,272 from the 1st of April. This, according to the consultancy Auxilio, and we were relying on them um, for actually the October figures, and they were pretty much spot on. So there you have it, more than seven grand. Yeah, it's quite incredible, isn't it? Because gas prices have continued to rise over the last few weeks, and they have not been figured into this most recent increase. This is based on uh, gas price rises from uh, some months ago. Well, let's discuss today's big issues with our first guest, former Shadow Transport Minister and Labour MP uh, for Ilford South, Sam Tarry. Now, Sam, thanks so much for joining us on the programme today. Energy bills set to be almost triple uh, what they were last winter. Who, who do you blame for this? Look, the government could take action tomorrow far more than they are at the moment to sort this out. I mean, you know, we only have to look across the channel to France where the government has a stake in many of the companies that provide the energy. In fact, actually, for example, E.ON is actually, which we do have in this country, is obviously partly owned by the French government. And they just said months and months ago, actually, we're going to cut prices or freeze prices. So, you know, it's fantastic hearing from the Labour Shadow Chancellor that we're going to be having those plans in place that make a real difference. I do think that we could go even further than that. And we could actually be saying that whilst those wholesale prices are rising, then actually our government needs to take a stake in those companies. And there should be, you know, a 0.1% profit margin or a 0% profit margin, because there is, you know, a reality the, the top executives of those companies and the shareholders are still getting pretty wealthy levels of dividends whilst ordinary people are going to be absolutely suffering. I've literally just walked to my office here in Ilford from uh, communication workers, mm. so postal workers, picket line, talking to them, you know, and talking to them about the reasons they're on strike today. And it was very clear, you know, whether they were people in their 50s or young lads who's, who's only 25, they literally are so frightened yeah. about how they're going to pay their bills over the next few months to go into the winter. And yeah. you know, it cannot be right in a constituency like mine, you know, where we have some very poor wards, we have some wards that are, you know, not the, the very poorest, that our local food bank ran out of food over the last few months because our community okay. couldn't afford to even donate to the food bank. So the government has to take action. 
Okay. The levels of anger out there are now off the Richter scale. Okay, but the issue is that wholesale prices are going up and that's not easy to solve. Eon, by the way, a German-owned company... Um, so the, the and the issue also is the same as, as as Europe is that somebody ends up having to pay. It either comes from taxes, um, you know, but, but the wholesale prices have gone up. And that is the kind of fundamental issue. Do you think that consumers need to do their bit and try to reduce consumption if they can turn down the heating or use the well, tumble dryer less? I mean, that's things. the big message. Use energy well, less. I, I, yes, definitely. I, I think, of course, that's that's sensible. Um, but there's a couple of things immediately that should have that should have happened and still could happen. But obviously, it will take longer. But it should have happened you know, years ago. One is obviously uh, solar panels on roofs. The government ending the feed-in tariffs you know, that would have actually made a difference. Basically, subsidised you know solar-powered energy could have been put onto millions of homes. But the most important, the most obvious one, the one that would actually be proven to create over 100,000 decent, well-paid jobs, would be to insulate properly and have a rolling program of insulation of every single home in Britain. That could have been something that had been in place three or four years ago and that would be making a huge difference because actually energy efficiency could be something that happens that does actually help cost those, uh, bring those costs down as those energy wholesale prices rise. But I also just think at the moment, you know, it is right that the government is going to have to step in to support mm. ordinary people. It happened during the pandemic, you know, furlough was brought in because the people yeah. weren't able to go to work because the economy was collapsing. You know, yeah. This is a similar situation. The government is going to have to stop it. That's why we have governments. If they need to make difficult decisions. In this case, a difficult decision is going to be to support ordinary working families to get through this crisis. Sam, do you think the last Labour government could have done more to reform the energy market? Yes, I do, actually. I think that, you know, uh, the last Labour government, you know, did transform the country, lifted millions of people out of poverty, and I'm very proud of of its track record in many, many areas. But we didn't change some of the fundamentals in the economy. We didn't reverse the uh, sort of neoliberal economic approach that was brought in in the 80s uh, under Thatcher in the 90s, where essentially everything from water, energy, railways was given to the private sector. And now we face a situation where we have some of the highest energy bills per capita anywhere in the world. We have some of the highest rail fares anywhere in the world. And, you know, uh, many of previously quite successful sort of institutions have been just hived off and carved up for, uh, for essentially shareholder profit, but not really benefiting ordinary people. You know, we've made decisions in this country that have left us in quite a different position to many other European uh, neighbours. And that is because of political decisions made both in the 80s under Conservative, but they're not reversed uh, by a Labour government uh, in the 1990s. And OK, but the issue is the same today, isn't it? The last time we spoke to you, you were out on on the picket line and you were at a, at a rally um, a demonstration in favour of workers who were on strike. And then just hours later, you were sat by your leader from the shadow cabinet by Keir Starmer. I mean, how did that feel? I mean, does that send the right message? No, I don't think it does. In fact, actually, I had huge support today from my local, you know, posties. Um, you know, these are real heroes of the pandemic, people that kept working. My local sorting office lost four members of staff during the pandemic, yet they kept working throughout. They thought and were very angry about what happened to me, and they felt that actually Labour does need to really clearly demonstrate that it's on the side of ordinary workers in this country, and that means not banning people from being on picket lines. It doesn't mean that every Labour MP needs to go on every single picket line, but it does need to be really clear that we are the party of the trade union movement, and actually we are prepared to fight back and offer bold solutions 
to the economic crisis and the climate crisis and the energy crisis that is facing us. You know, we do have some fantastic policies. Rachel has talked about a £29 billion pound package. You know, that is something that can be you know, even more beefed up. You know, the plans so, for so, what we call a Green New Deal in this country could actually genuinely not only create jobs, solve the crime crisis, but also actually make sure people are better off. And ultimately, people need more money in their bank accounts right now. It's a very simple truth of it. Sam, just briefly, is there a danger that Labour's leadership, by attempting to steer a middle ground on strikes, ends up pleasing nobody? I think that's already happening, yeah. I mean, Labour MPs who are back, you know, over the weeks campaigning in their constituencies after I was sacked, told me it was coming up on the doorstep. We cannot be in a situation where our core vote is that angry at us. Yeah, we need to be very clear. If we're on the side of British people, that means we're on the side of people who are struggling and fighting back against what is yes. a totally out-of-touch Tory government. But just look so, at the Tory leadership contest. There's no discussion of the cost of living crisis. Not one bit. And that is outrageous. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common... It's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Well, the UK's surging energy bills means that 100% of utilities customers are currently in fuel poverty. That's according to CEO Bill Bullen. The energy company boss spoke to Stephen Cowell and I on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe this morning. He told us that the price cap uh, is hugely significant for his company, his customers, and he told us how government should deal with it. For our business, we concentrate on the prepay market, which tend to be lower income households, and they've been struggling already. They were struggling last winter. We had a big 
price rise in April didn't struggle quite so much during the summer because obviously consumption is much lower. But as we go into the winter, the, that 54% price rise is going to really hit home. And now, you know, we've got an 80% price rise on top of that, and it's going to be horrendous. It's going to have a really, really big impact on an awful lot of homes. If you think £3,500 is about a third of the state pension, £9,500. So, you know, people are really worried. I know the government is going to announce um, some further support. What concerns me is the worry that people have in the meantime. It would have possibly been better to have um, timed these announcements a little bit better because I'm sure the government is going to act. But in the meantime, you know, we're going to have a couple of weeks now of uncertainty as to exactly what those measures are going to be. Bill, you say that you're sure that the government will act, but Liz Truss has given some pretty mixed signals on that. It doesn't look like she is particularly keen and she is tipped to become the next prime minister. It doesn't sound like she is that keen to roll out extra help. I think the reality of being in office, irrespective of what anybody is saying right now, is going to be that they're going to have to act. So and I've seen some press release this morning that suggests that Liz Truss is actually you know, really starting to address this problem. I don't know. I'm not involved in that process. But any government, if any government doesn't address this problem, then they won't be a government for very long. It's as simple as that. Bill, I'm curious how many of your customers are currently in distress or behind on their energy bills and how much are you preparing for that number to go up by when these price increases come into force in October? Well, I think that probably 100% of my customer base is without doubt now definitely fuel poor and then some so you know it's it's a huge problem for us you know operationally obviously you know we are dealing with people who are running out of cash every day we've already been taking something like 2,000 calls a day where we've been you know trying to help people financially and that number is just going to go through the roof. What exactly do you think that the government should do? And um, there are various proposals on the table. So there's cutting green levies. That's a, quite a small proportion of energy bills. Yeah. There's scrapping VAT on energy bills. There's increasing yeah. the £400 oh, rebate. There's freezing yeah. the price cap, you know, at its current level. Obviously, uh, yeah. that's not happened. What are the measures uh, in, in order? What is the biggest measure that the government must take in your view? Well, they've definitely got to increase um, assistance, you know, considerably and we are now talking you know thousands of pounds not hundreds of pounds and the problem with green levies or VAT you know you're talking about measures that are hundreds of pounds so um, and the the problem is that if you carry on down this road that we're on at the moment where the government announced some kind of support package to help people pay an inflated bill every time the bills get inflated further and we're looking at January where you know potentially they're going to be inflated even further the government has to come up with yet another um, support package so what we've been suggesting is instead of constantly chasing this problem, we need to get ahead of it, announce a freeze in the price caps, and then deal with the consequences of that, you know, essentially out of, uh, you know, away from customers so the customers aren't um, suffering the stress of, you know, looking at their energy bills going through the roof. Freeze the pro- freeze prices for customers, solve that problem, and then mm. work out how we fix it. That is effectively a very big step on the nationalisation road. Um, I don't think so. I mean, other countries have announced price freezes. Um, you know, people ask me this question about nationalisation all the time. It, it, it's an irrelevance. It really is in terms of um, price, because obviously nobody's making a profit in this business anyway at the moment. And if you 
do end up nationalizing, you'll go back to having, you know, an inefficient industry that is essentially running, you know, trying to meet the objectives of politicians rather than, um, of, you know, supplying energy at the best and, and cheapest cost to consumers, which is, you know, where we are at the moment. So I, I'm obviously not a fan of nationalization. Um, and I don't think that will solve the issue, not one little bit. I'm curious to hear you say that nobody's making a profit in this. I mean, there are energy companies making very large profits at the moment. What do you mean by that? Well, the, the retail sector in the UK is controlled by these price caps. Um, obviously, the, with the wholesale costs going up, everybody's being forced to operate absolutely at the price cap. Um, so uh, that's the, and that's the bit of the, the industry that is kind of facing the customer. Obviously, further upstream. It's a complex industry. You have all kinds of uh, companies. Some are more vertically integrated than others. Some have gas fields. Some have power stations. And some, like mine, are just a pure pure retail organization. So, um, obviously, upstream players that are you know pumping gas out of the North Sea or producing electricity from a non-hydrocarbon source will be making big profits right now. But that doesn't mean that the retail sector, the one that's being regulated by these price gaps, is making any profit at all. So that's on the consumer side. But one important caveat to note about Ofgem's price cap is that it only applies to households and not to businesses. So speaking to Martin McTagg, the National Chair of the Federation of Small Businesses, well, he's been flagging the devastating impact on small and mid-sized firms for months. It is important to remind people that businesses don't have a cap. And for many small businesses, I think at the latest ONS figures, there was less, most businesses had less than three months cash left. They're facing the highest taxes they've had for 50 years. They're looking at consumer demand slumping. And I mean, I was given an example only yesterday of a poultry farmer whose energy bill is due to go up from £23,000 a year to £112,000 a year. And you have to remember that these guys aren't in a in a position to look for hedging deals. They they have to accept whatever the, the spot market uh, offers. And this is happening at a time when government is in complete paralysis. There is, and most small businesses are due to change their energy supplier in October and will be faced by these massive increases at the worst possible time. How many businesses do you think could go under as a result of this? Well, we know that there are something like half a million businesses that are in real distress when it comes to cash resources. And their options are running out. You know, if you're you're a pub that's facing with increases of some, I think the last one I saw was going up from 14,000 to 55,000, they can't pass it on to their customers. They're in a position where they, if they try and do anything about reducing their overheads, they're going to uh, reduce the attractiveness of their business. So they're in a spiral. And for many of them, they cannot see a way out. The only way out, I think, is government help. And we've said to them, they could do something similar to what they've done with um, consumers and pay grants through business rates. Mm-hmm. It could do something about lowering energy taxes, but equally important, and it refers back to your conversation with the previous guest, they could do a lot more to encourage businesses to um, reduce their consumption and help them reduce the consumption. 
Yeah, Nadim Zahawi, the Chancellor, um, has said that there's nothing off the table when it comes to action on energy bills in France, uh, a country that Stephen knows well. Um, the, the French energy cap does include small businesses. Is Liz Truss really listening? Do you think that she's going to deliver if she does become the next Prime Minister as she is sort of hotly tipped to 5th of September? Well, certainly... Um, we are very encouraged by a lot of the um, the rhetoric coming out of the, the trust camp. Uh, there, there is a there seems to be a real understanding of the scale of these problems and the sense of urgency, which um, we haven't seen from the summit camp. Um, so I are, am. Are you encouraged by trust, though? She talked about you know not sort of bunging money to people um, that 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 she, she didn't want sort of effectively free giveaways of cash to support people. Yeah, well, I, I hear that. But I also hear that she recognises that something like 60% of the private sector workforce work for small businesses. These are millions of families. And if you took the, 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 the sort of 500,000 businesses that are at risk at the moment, you're talking about two and a half million people probably having their jobs threatened by this. Now, is that something any incoming prime minister is prepared to accept? Where where do you think this this will leave businesses in a year's time? Are we going to see, you know, a, a, a massive switch of suppliers? Is there going to have to be greater intervention in the market to change the way small businesses get their get their energy? I think there's going to have to be ways in which uh, you can smooth out what is currently obviously exceptional circumstances and allow people to push it further into the into the future. Uh, I mean, in some ways, there's there's a lot of parallels with what happened during the COVID crisis, where you know the government recognised that allowing the crisis to cause you know several million. Uh, people to be put on the dole was not a price that we're prepared to accept and they intervened in the market and I think you're going to have to have a similar sort of intervention into the energy market to try and prevent a similar catastrophe. So that was Martin McTagg, the Federation of Small Businesses National Chair there, rounding off our look at the off-gen price cap. It doesn't kick in until October the 1st, but obviously this is a bombshell for households across the UK. Yeah, it's a really uh, serious situation, which we'll no doubt we'll come back to in the coming weeks. Bloomberg UK Politics. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.